You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Robert Smith. This is the Fair Game Podcast number 293. Today's show, we got a good one for you. I'm telling you, we welcome a fair manager who also happens to be the chair for the IFE County Fairs Committee from the Delaware County Fair in Manchester, Iowa. Folks, this is Janine Dillmeyer. Janine, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So what's good up in Iowa right now? You know, it's coming into spring, trees are budding, and so it looks like summer's coming, and that's always a good sign in Iowa. Well, especially after a very, you know, very cold winter and, and COVID lockdowns that have just, I know being down in New Mexico, it's just been a mess. They're finally starting to get things open. What are the state of COVID restrictions up there in Iowa right now? So I'm afraid to even say this out loud to you because I, I, I don't want to get hurt from other people, but Iowa has been by far one of the most open states all through everything. And so um, good, bad, or otherwise, you can take that how you want it, but um, we literally have zero restrictions today. We are, we are open to go. No mask mandates, no physical distancing, anything like that. What about local businesses? Are they able to re- require masks if they so choose? Um, Yes, I believe so. If the business chooses to have a mask um, mandate, they can. But but Iowa itself has no mask mandate. We did have a strong recommendation for masks um, in the winter. Um, but now that we've come on to spring, actually, I think it was about uh, the first weekend in February, she lifted all restrictions and all mask mandates. Interesting. So. Real interesting. Yeah, I just got done with um, two fairs down there in um, in Florida, one was Okeechobee, which is down in the southern part of the state, and the other was the Clay County Fair up in the northern part of the state. And I, it was interesting observation for me. Both recommended they had signs up. They said, you know, especially when you went into in, inside in the expo hall or in the arena where the concerts were, said you know, high risk area, mass highly recommended. But down at Okeechobee, on any given day, you probably have between forty to sixty percent people wearing masks. When you went to Clay County, you, I think you maybe on a good day had 10%. Those people mm-hmm. made the decision that we're good. We don't need masks. And in mm-hmm. Tosh and her team down there, they had incredible signage all over the fairgrounds. You know, masks highly recommended. And some folks wore them. And some folks made the decision for themselves that they didn't feel it necessary. And, and now the, the clock has started on what will be an interesting two weeks. I think what we're seeing for most of these fairs is that two weeks after they, I haven't heard of really any fairs that have opened where there has been a distinguishable spike in cases. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what the reports seem to be coming. At least the ones that I've been paying attention to out of the IAFE that people have been pretty much in the clear. So I'm hoping that means good things for the rest of us. As we open um, our case counts are really low here Um and, and have been pretty much all along. We did spike up for a little while, like everybody has. I think I saw a report last night that Dubuque County, which is to our east, they don't report so much on Delaware County because we don't have a real high population center. Um, but the, the county to our east and, and a couple counties to our west and one to our south all do. And Cedar Rapids, for example, is 300,000 people. And I think they had claimed 22 new cases in the last week. That's so it. It, yeah. So the population counts are really going down. Um, the hospitalizations are going down uh, rapidly. And um, 
and the vaccinations are going up. I think I had heard reported that 33% of Iowans have been vaccinated as of today. That's so, fantastic. Well, yeah, the, so the more I, that number goes, the more the case right. counts are going to go down, the, the safer our events are going to be. I just find it interesting, you know, you, you listen to the media and it's always like, oh, my God, Florida, their their events are open. There's a festival. There's a, a county fair. There's what a super spreader events. Mm-hmm. And then it just doesn't prove out to be the case. And mm-hmm. I've said for a long time on the show, our industry is more prepared than almost any industry to deal with this because we've dealt with swine flu and, you know, H1N1 and E. coli mm-hmm. and literally other than adding signage and maybe if we had to require mask or highly recommend mask, we just scaled our response to what we've always done. More hand washing, more sanitizer. And we, and you know, Tasha Hyder down at Clay County fair in our area in the E zone. um, There were, there's an entire hand washing station set up right out in the open hand sanitizer all over the place. They did. I mean, they did a fantastic job and we saw people using it all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And I do think if you make it available, like, and like you said, we've made it available for years uh, for other situations, but if you make it available, they'll use it and they'll, you know, they'll um, make a point to do some extra hand washing and things like that. And so we are definitely gearing up um, for extra sanitizing. Um, I actually just got a call this morning. We, we bought one of those really large round sinks that you step on. And so um, I think about 10 or 12 people can wash their hands at one time. Wow. Um, and so um you know, things like that. And if you make those available and you, and you put them out in the open where people can't help but walk around them and see them, they will use them. And for so, sure. we'll, you know, we'll do our best to, to make sure we make those things available for people. Well, and I think there's, um, it, it sounds like there's a lot of folks in your state, if there's, you know, they've kind of dialed down the restrictions and whatnot, that um, they're, there are a lot of folks that are kind of like me that are a little bit on the stubborn side. They're like, I don't need a mask. I'm just going to wash my hands more. And my sense is the more hand washing, the more hand sanitizer, you're going to get people that in their minds, they make this bargain with themselves. That is, I don't need to wear a mask, but I will wash my hands more. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately a a huge part of how any disease transmits is you get dirty hands and then you're messing with your face and, and you give it to yourself that way. So, you know, more hand washing, you know, just awareness of your health. If you're not feeling good, stay home. Yep. I think that's how we we wrap this thing up, hopefully in the, in the next, you know, eight to 10 months. Mm-hmm. I think so. So let's talk about your fair. When does it run? What's your attendance like? Sure. So we run this year, July 12th through the 18th. And um, our attendance um, right in that 50,000 range, um, give or take each year. And so this year, I'm hoping that's going to increase tremendously based on some of the entertainment that we've booked. Um, but, but right comfortably in that 50,000 range to give you some perspective though, the County that we live in is 17,000 people. Um, and we sit in a population center of, uh, the, the, the town of Manchester is our County seat at 5,000. So very rural County. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, we do have, um, we kind of sit equal distance between three big towns of Dubuque, Cedar Rapids and Waterloo. And so we are able to draw from, you know, from those higher population areas. Sure. Now, if you could give some background for the folks listening on how you came to be with your fair. Sure. So um, (laughs) I actually served as a fair board member on the Dubuque County Fair Board, which is county to the east. I was born and raised in Dubuque County. Um, 
And then I chose to get married. <laughs> and when you get married and you move out of county, uh, you can no longer serve on the Dubuque County Fair Board. And, and so they and booted you. They said you got married. Get out. Yep. Yep. You got a <laughs> husband. We don't want you anymore. No, wow. but I I ended up moving. Um, my my husband farmed at the time, and I moved to the farm in Delaware County, and so um, was no longer eligible to be on the Dubuque County Board. And so I was kind of out of the fair world for a couple years. Um, and then this position here came open. My husband saw it in the paper and said, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I don't know that I qualify to be a fair manager. Um, <laughs> you know, um, To be 100% honest with you, I have a biology degree. And um, my job- Everybody, prior to- I'm sorry. If everybody <laughs> listening who's a fair manager is I getting know. a chuckle out of you thinking you don't qualify to be a fair manager. <laughs> well, I know because, you know, like I said, I was, I was armed with that strong biology degree for <laughs> how that helps here. Um, and then at the time I was working uh, for a software company and, and I was doing customer support for a software company, which obviously didn't make much sense either, but um, threw in an application and went through the interview process. And um, I don't know, lucky me, they picked me. But okay, so um, fair management, clueless, but chlorophyll, we got it locked down. You got it. You got it. I can tell you, I, you know, I can tell you the science behind some of this E. coli stuff that we're talking about. And, but um, so anyway, I, like I said, I, I, I applied and, and went through the process and here I am. It's been 16 years now. So that's fabulous. Since you've been there 16 years, I'm curious, is there anything that you, you know now that would have been really awesome to know coming in 16 years <laughs> ago? Um, well, I think there's a ton of stuff, but you know, I, I look back at it and I don't know that I would have applied then if I knew what I know now. And don't take that wrong. I don't think She's I, like, I wouldn't have been a fair manager. No, no, I don't think, I don't think I'd have had the confidence to apply. I think I was so young and I think what gave me the guts to apply was just this invincible feeling that I had that of course I could do this. And I think now at my age, I think I would have been scared or, or too overwhelmed because the job is so much bigger um, th- than I probably realized at, you know, 20, I don't know, 28 years old or whatever I was. And so, uh, and so I think, um, I think it was that, that young fearlessness that said, I can do this. Of course I can do this. And now here I look after 16 years, I'm like, I'm not sure I can do this. <laughs> and so, um, and, I, and I joke because I, obviously I can do it. But, um, I, I do think had I been a little older, I think maybe I might've talked myself out of it as I get sure. more conservative in, in my years. That's interesting. That I don't know if it was, it, it reminds me, it might've been a, a Carnegie quote. I, if I'm wrong, somebody will leave it in the comments and correct me. I'm sure. Um, but whether you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're right. Right. Yep. Yep. And that, it's interesting that as you've gotten older, you're like, actually, maybe <laughs> not. You know, and, and, and truly the job has evolved a lot. Um, you know, we do, we do in 2019, we did 309 event dates. Um, and so outside of the fair. And, and that wasn't the case 16 years ago. Um, so that's some of it too. Um, sure. the, the job is bigger now than it was when I started. Um, 
and so I, I think there's part of, you know, part of it lies in that too. Um, because I've, I've always been a believer and I still am that, you know, if, if you want to make something happen, you truly can, if you can't go over it, you just find the next way to go around it. Sure. Um, and so, but yeah, but I do look back and I think, you know, what, what I want to, what have I had the guts to do this? If I were this age, I'm not sure I would have. And so I'm glad I did. I'm glad it hit when it did. You know, sometimes timing is everything. Fantastic. So beyond COVID, which has been a challenge for all of us in the last mm-hmm. year, what are some of the current challenges facing your fair that you'd like to work on? Well, you know, um, one of the the biggest things that we have, like any fair has, is just our ability to grow, um, our ability to continue to service the number of events that we do um, well enough with the staff that we have. I feel a little bit like we're at this place right now, um, a little bit, we, we either need to have more help or we need to kind of stay where we're at. And I'm talking more about the 51 weeks of the year right. um, as opposed to the one week of the year. Um, so I, I do feel like that's going to be a growing challenge for us, a growing pain um, in the next couple of years is to that chicken and egg of how do you hire more staff until you have the events and how do you have the events until you hire more staff? Um, so I, I think that's one of the things that that will come up in, in conversation in the next short term for us. Sure. So it's a, how do you continue growing at your current staffing levels without bringing more people in because at 309 additional days a year with event days, that's a lot. And, and I think you've got more than some of these, some of the large county fairs have. Well, and that's a lot of of days to be doing additional events. You know, and I, I want to back up and say some of them are as simple as a, a baby shower rental. You know, we're not doing, you know, tons and tons of things for them. Um, but we do, I mean, the bathroom still have to be cleaned and the building still has to be opened. Sure floors mopped and, and whatever. And so um, we just do a lot of event and, and I can't take credit for that without, you know, saying what an incredible staff I have. Like I mentioned to you earlier, I do have um, three, what I call full-time though, they don't get 40 hours a week, but they're pretty much Monday through Friday plus what I need them on the weekend staff. Um, and so they're incredible. They make sure that the events get taken care of so that I can focus on more higher level stuff. And so I'm really proud of them and the work they do. Well, it sounds like you've got a terrific staff that work bust their butts to make all of this happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're still now in, in the, you've got the ability now to plan for a 21 fair coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. But before we get on that, let's take a quick peek back. 2020, as I understand it, you canceled all but the livestock. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Take us through that. Take us through the process of making that decision. So it's funny you should ask. Um, we were one of the longer standing holdouts, I would say. Um, in fact, we did not cancel our fair until the 9th of June. Um, before That's a, only like five weeks out from your yeah, fair? Or less yeah, we would have started the 13th of July last year. Wow, that's um, tight. That's real close. Yeah. So we were holding out. We were planning a fair. We were 100% moving forward. We were having those conversations with our health department. Um, we were having the appropriate conversations with our supervisors, um, city councilmen, um, 
And at the last hour, um, it became apparent to us that maybe some of the information we were getting up front was differing than some of the information we were getting towards the end. And so um, at that point, we decided it was probably in our best interest as a fair for a long-term situation to, um, to cancel. Um, and as everybody knows, sometimes some of those decisions are about health. Part of the decision was about finances. Um, part of the decision was about public perception. Um, so everybody knows the recipe that went into that decision. Um, and so, like I said, some of the information we were getting changed towards the end and, and we felt in light of that change, it was probably best if we, if we chose to cancel. Sure. What kind of blow is that to a small community to lose the fare? Um, you know, it, it, it was definitely a blow. Um, I know it was tough on me. It was tough on our, our fair board. Um, the community I know, um, I know that they felt the blow, but I will say I, I couldn't have asked for a better response from a community. Um, as I watched many, many of my peers just get absolutely beat up on Facebook after they canceled, my heart was bleeding daily for those people. Um, for sure. We were prepared. And so we were prepared for that response and, and whatever. And so we canceled on uh, at a board meeting at night and I knew I had to get in front of the rumors um, the next morning. And so our, our release of our cancellation came out like at nine o'clock. And so at seven o'clock, I just started making calls to all of the, the investor partners, you know, the ones that needed to hear it from me. So I spent about an hour and a half doing that, got great, very empathetic, very compassionate responses from those folks, posted it up to Facebook and just sat and waited, you know, waited for the <laughs> horror stories to happen. And it didn't come. Wow. It, it didn't come. I don't know that I had two or three responses, um, but the overwhelming um, support that came out of our community was just out of this world. I. I wish that every fair manager could have gotten the response that we got because that's, that's fantastic. They were, I mean, I, I had, <laughs> I had friends stopping with cookies and candy and Mountain Dew. Cause they know that that's my stress reliever. And, um, I have flowers sent. I mean, it, it was just an incredible, uh, open armed response from, from our friends and our families and, and our businesses here in town. And so, it it sounds like you've really got a lot of community support. We do. And so um, we moved on into the fair then. And um, I, had a, I had a sponsor, a friend of mine come to me and he's, he's a local auctioneer. And so he does our livestock auction every year. And he came to me and he said, Jeannie, why don't you put something together? Because this is going to be a rough year for the fair. Why don't you put something together that we can auction for the 2021 fair with the proceeds to go to the fair. He goes, I'm thinking like a camping package or a ticket package or something. Let's see what we can do with that. And so I brought to him a camping package and, um, you know, four prime camping spots and some season passes and, you know, just whatever fair manager would put together. And he auctioned it off, got some nice money uh, for it. I think a couple thousand dollars um, and looked at me and said, would you do two of those packages? 
yep, we could do two of those packages. So we auctioned the second one off and got another couple thousand dollars. And so that was exciting. It's, you know, it's $4,000. It's kind of like, eh, you know, that's something to put in the coffers and pay payroll with and things like that. And then he said, you know, this fair board works really hard. Who would just like to donate towards the fair? And he goes, who would be willing to put $1,000 up? And the hands just shot up everywhere. Um, I still get emotional talking about it. I feel kind of dumb. Um, but I think by the end of the day, he went from $1,000 to $500 to $250 to 100 I think there were over 30 donors. Um, it accumulated, I think the final total was $28,500. Um, and they just did it. They didn't get anything in return. They just did it. Um, so we were, I mean, we were just truly blessed both at the front of, of the COVID situation as well as um, through the cancellation process. And then just at, at the part of the fair that we did bring to fruition, people were so kind and they were so generous um, and they were so grateful that we were able to do that. So I, and like I said earlier, I, I feel horrible saying these things because I know so many of my peers did not get that same reception. And um, so I, I feel a little bit bad telling of my story, but it was just overwhelmingly amazing how kind our community was through the whole process. Well, it seems like your fair means a lot to those people and they knew they needed to turn up to help support it. They truly did. They truly did. We were really blessed. Well, I think that's fantastic. And now as you know, you move into 2021, the restrictions are kind of pulled off in Iowa. You guys are going full speed ahead. We are. We are. In fact, um, we had booked John Party for the 2020 fair. Um, he was gracious enough to rebook for us when we canceled. Um, so we're excited about that. We're just about to a sellout on his concert. Um, and then uh, yesterday we announced uh, ZZ Top. Um, and so nice. that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's a big concert for us. Both of those are um, big concerts for us. Um, and the response has been crazy overwhelming there too. I think I had 530 shares on that post yesterday, which that's a huge response for the Delaware County Fair. So, sure. um, so I'm excited. I'm hoping we, we put those tickets up on sale Saturday. Well, and that's and, the type of concert that will pull from people everywhere in your area. Yes. Like yes. I bet at people within 90, you probably got a, what do you think? A 90 mile, hundred mile pull on that easily. I would think easy. Yeah. All of that, maybe even plus. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Yeah. ZZ Top at ZZ the Top. Delaware County, not the Iowa State Fair, <laughs> the Delaware County Fair. Delaware County Fair. Yeah. That's when you know you've hit the big time as a fair. When you <laughs> knock down one of these older racks, it's like, hell yeah, let's go play a big show. Absolutely. It's amazing to see different areas where people really turn up. You know, I, I the, some of the shows and um, they had down at, at Clay County. I couldn't believe how many people showed up to see Vanilla Ice. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like I remember, I listened to him. I had the album. I had a cassette. Mm -hmm. I had the Sony Walkman that was like the size of a lunchbox <laughs> back in the day when I I was like ten years old when that song came out. But the number of people that showed up, mm -hmm. for Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And they'll do the same thing. I bet. Are you guys, what's the, what music genre really turns them up for your fair? 
So we do really well with country always. Um, and John party will be a huge night for us. Um, but historically for the last, um, probably 20 years, we've typically tried a country act on one night and a legendary rock act on another night. And, um, it has always served us really well. Usually country pulling stronger than the legendary rock. Um, but I think ZZ Top is is by far the biggest name we've ever had in that genre. So ZZ Top, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. So I expect I expect a sellout crowd, which um, we've changed how we set up our track this year. We're moving our stage a little bit to um, allow for more people on the track. Um, we've done away with some of the so we used to do a big VIP setup on our track for that legendary rock night, um, which involved a lot of um, benching and things like that to um, for people to eat at. And we've eliminated that kind of for twofold. One, we need the space on the track so that people can spread out. Um, two, we're expecting a lot bigger crowd. So feeding them poses its challenges. Sure. Uh, three, there's a COVID issue. Um, <laughs> and so um, we, we're thinking maybe it's best if we don't try to congregate them to feed them. Um, and then if they want to spread out into the deeper parts of the track and not be elbow to elbow with the people at the front, right. they'll still have a really good line of sight. So they, and, yeah, they can still enjoy that. Yeah. That close up experience, but they're not yep. on top is having somebody breathing right down their neck. Right. Exactly. Fantastic. And so, so that's kind of our plan um, to sort of still have a lot of people, but but give them as much room as we can to spread out as much as they feel comfortable. You know, like you said, with the masks, it really has to be about the decision that they make. Um, we're going to give them as much room. If they want to stand in the back and watch the concert, they certainly can find a place where people don't have to be on top of them. Cool. Now are your concerts separately ticketed or um, is it a with admission you can, you can get in? No, our, um, so we do kind of a hybrid. If you want to be down on the track in amongst the people, um, that's a separate ticket. If you want to sit in our grandstands, that has always been free with admission to the fair. Got it. So if you want the preferred seating, the up close stuff, you pay a little extra for it. Otherwise go in, go in when the gates open, find a good seat and, and enjoy. Yep, exactly. And so we are a pay one price fair. Um, so when they come in the gate, it's a $12 admission. Um, but then the carnival rides are free as well. Grandstand acts are free on just 12 bucks, on just $12. And so it really wow. is a good value. Um, really is a great value for families if they want to come to the fair. Um, and then if they want that more up close experience for the concerts, then they can pay extra to get down there. Interesting. So how many fairs in, in as far as you know, are a pay one price fair? Um, that seems to be a fairly rare model. So in Iowa, it was a very rare model when we started it. And I would say we've probably been doing this 10 years, I'm going to guess. Um, maybe not quite that long. I know some other fairs around us have adopted the policy as of late. My understanding from talking with some friends is that Missouri has quite a few pay one price fairs. Um, and actually, uh, our carnival that we used to work with, um, he's the one that brought the model to me and suggested that we try it. Um, it's been successful for us. Um, and so I, I, that's kind of where it came from for us. But I, I think in Iowa, there's not a ton of pay one price fairs. Got it. Yeah, just I think yours might be one of the first that I've heard of. 
um, because almost everywhere I go, they're selling it's tickets for rides mm-hmm. and they're selling mm-hmm. ride bands and, um, yep. which I think, I mean, for someone like me, that probably works because when I go to fairs, I mean, a, I'm normally working them, but even when I've just attended fairs, the carnival is not something I, I typically do. I don't, I don't really go on the rides. I like to go look at the ag stuff and go look, see the mm-hmm. livestock and, mm-hmm. you know, see what entertainment's on the grounds and get some something to eat. But if it's only 12 bucks, I mean, that's not mm-hmm. but a few bucks more than it is just to get in for general admission at almost any other fair. So, you know, right. if you figure any other fair might, you know, might be, you know, five to seven dollars to get in and mm-hmm. now you spent five bucks more and you got the option for rides mm-hmm. that's kind of cool it's been you know when we when we um before our pay one price model our carnival did suffer a little bit um we were we were just not a real good carnival spot we had the attendance and people were here and our local people were here and they were spending their money here and and the food sales were good and but they just weren't carnival riders. And so I don't know if it was a a more conservative attitude, if it was, I don't Mm. know, but that's why we, we tried the pay one price and, you know, now we have lines in our carnival and, and people enjoy the rides. And, and I think, like you said, there's a lot of people, you know, me, I can't, I can't do a lot of rides because I get sick. Um, but I would go ride the Ferris wheel, and totally. I probably would go ride the bumper cars with my kids. Um, and so I think it leads people into the rides that maybe otherwise would say, eh, not a carnival person. And sure. so now they have just one more piece that they will go enjoy and hopefully stay a little longer, which hopefully, as you know, means another snack or yep. whatever yep. it means. And so um, it's, it's been a good model for us. That's fantastic. Let's switch gears here real quick as we uh, kind of wrap up here. IFE recently announced that 2022 conventions going to Indianapolis. What do you think about that? You know, I'm excited about that um, because Iowa to Indianapolis is a quick drive. And so we have uh, kind of lamented the fact over the years that, you know, it can get kind of expensive if you want to take several board members uh, to convention when, when you got to have airfare and rooms and that sort of thing. And so, now I think um, this allows us to pop a van full of people together and drive them over. And what we save in airfare, we can we can spend in extra hotel rooms. And I think we can get four or five people to convention for maybe the same price as what we spent on two. And so I, I'm super excited about the idea of them moving, moving around because uh, even when they take it out of Indianapolis and we go back to flying, hopefully somebody else is enjoying the same model where they can drive and, and have more sure. people present. So yeah, so there's I think so many, there's and, so many fairs there in the Midwest that, mm-hmm. that don't make it out to IFE be simply because of the cost. Yep. But Hey, if you're, if your organization can run a 15 passenger van mm-hmm. and drive, I don't know, four or five hours, however far you yep. got to go and you bring four or five people and throw all the gear in the back and off you go, yep. that's yep. going to increase attendance. I think from a lot of those, those smaller fairs, I think that's fantastic. I think so too. I think that's really what I expect. And to me, um, I think every city has something exciting to go see and do. It may not be, um, you know, entertainment at every inch of the way, like it is on the strip in Vegas. But um, I think every city has some great, great attributes and great attractions to go see. So 
Um, to me too, it's more about inside the four walls of the convention center than it is what's sure. outside of the city. So I think well, it's here's, great. Here's something interesting that I don't know if a lot of people realize, and I didn't know until I just interviewed Cindy Hoy from Indiana state fair. And we just dropped her episode, um, yesterday on, on Monday, April 12th, the majority of those, I, well, I don't want to know if it was the majority, but a number of the hotels are actually connected to the convention center via skywalk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't even have to go out. So if it's, if you happen to get snow, cause it is in the North and it's yeah. Thanksgiving weekend, if you happen to get some weather, all of those convention hotels are connected via skywalk, which she told me that. And I was like, that is cool as hell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then I yeah. don't have to worry about walking out in the cold or anything like right. that. No, right. I definitely I can't like that lie. Idea. I can't lie. I do like, you know, going someplace south in November because it, you know. <laughs> oh, are you are you telling me you get tired of the cold up there in Iowa? It doesn't snow up there, does it? I am going to whine about it a little bit. I think it is right now about 42 degrees here, which and cold and damp. And so I do like me some warm weather once in a while, but I think Indianapolis will be great. 42, man. It's supposed to be like 83 down in South Mississippi today. I will. I promise you, I will enjoy the sunshine for you. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're chair of the County Fairs Committee. Is that correct? Yeah. And yep. how does that, how does that committee support the industry? So I think um, our job as a County Fairs Committee is really to bring to the IEFE ideas, thoughts, um, you know, um, convention topics, things like that, that speak to the voice of uh, the fairs that maybe are a little smaller. And, um, and, you know, we maybe run on different budgets with different facilities, things like that, than maybe some of the big state fairs or bigger county fairs. And so um, I, I think it's important that we try to, to bring a voice uh, to the needs of, of what the smaller fairs have. What is it about the industry that drives your passion for being a fair manager? You know, I think probably what I love the most um, is just setting up a place where people can find their own dreams. And so, it, you know, especially like I look at my own kids who are teenagers right now and, you know, and you do the 4-H things with your kids <clears throat> or the FFA thing with your kids. And it's, to me, it was kind of a little bit like going through the motions for the first couple of years because they're young. They don't really kind of get it. Um, but I have a junior in high school, a sophomore and a seventh grader. And all of a sudden they just get it. They, they're now starting to take ownership of their own projects. They're now starting to understand that goals equal results um, that cool. if they want to put in the work and effort, they can achieve. Um, and so now to me, like building the fair says for whatever project it is or whatever they want to do, you know, we're going to give them the avenue to, to bring their own goals to fruition. And so that's probably one of the, the best parts about being a fair manager. You know, people always say, what, what's my favorite part of the fair? my favorite part of the fair is full grounds. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I say all the time. Oh. I don't, ride, I don't ride the rides. <laughs> I'm not a music buff. Um, I like music, but I, I don't care who's on stage. Um, I don't care if I meet them. Maybe that's horrible when I say it. Um, but to me, 
the best part about being a fair manager is walking out onto the grounds and just seeing them bustling and people are getting what they like. And so whether it's carnival rides or concerts or animals or food, um, that to me is the best part about, about being a fair manager. And when you see families having a great time together, when you see class classmates who haven't seen each other in years run into each other at the fair, um, totally. those are the kind of things that make being a fair manager the best. And I know it's probably a little, I don't know, lofty by saying that, but, but that's, that really is what drives me. Um, a lot of times, if I really want to go enjoy the fair, I'll get on my golf cart and go drive the parking lots just to see how full they are. Um, because it's, it's that in and of itself says you did it, you did it right. You did a good job. People are here. Um, people are having fun. And so maybe that seems silly, but that's, that's kind of where I don't I'm think at it, with. I, don't, I don't think it seems silly. I think it seems like you really, you really do after 16 years, you really do love what you do. I do. I do. That's Some days, any- maybe more than I should. <laughs> well, that's fair. If that's anybody, uh, listen, I'm so glad you could be on the show. Um, before we go, Janine, everybody who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. Uh Oh, so I'm going to ask you six quick questions. And you give me your best response to each of them. Okay. Are you ready? I hope so. (laughs) The look of sheer panic on your face. It's a beautiful thing right now. Okay, good. Question number one. Name a fair you haven't been to, but you'd love to see. The Erie County Fair. What's your favorite fair food? Mm. Mm. Got it. I know this is horrible. Cotton candy. Cotton candy. Best concert. Best concert you ever attended. (laughs) Um, I'm going to revert back to that. I don't love concerts, Um, but the best one at our fair was probably Brett Michaels. Um, The best one I've seen ever is probably Dirk Bentley. There you go. When you fly, window seat or aisle seat? Definitely window because I want to take a nap. A movie is made about your life. Which actress would you want to play you? Oh, boy. Um, Julia Roberts. Last question. Do tacos make life worth living? Only soft shell. Amen, <laughs> sister. Amen. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Janine, how can folks learn more about the Delaware County Fair? Sure. So our website is DelawareCofair.com. DelawareCofair. Excellent. Janine, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate your time today. You bet. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.